Chapter sixty six of the Mysteries of London. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Judy Guinan. The Mysteries of London by George Reynolds. Chapter sixty six. The reader at all acquainted with German literature may probably remember some of those old tales of demonology and witchcraft in which assemblies of jovial revellers are frequently dismayed and overawed by the sudden entrance of some mysterious stranger perhaps a knight in black armour with his visor closed or a monk with his cowl drawn over his countenance if the recollection of such an episode in the sphere of romance recur to the reader's mind he will have no difficulty in comprehending as when we state that the presence of the short thick-set middle-aged stranger caused an immediate damp to fall upon the spirits of the company in the dark house parlor the stranger seemed to take no notice of any one present but drank his grog lighted his cigar and settled himself in his seat apparently with the view of making himself very comfortable still there was something sinister and mysterious about this man which did not exactly please the other inmates of the room and as we cannot suppose that the consciences of these persons were over-pure the least appearance of ambiguity to them was an instantaneous omen of danger like the dog that scents the corpse of the murdered victim even when buried deep in the earth those wretches possessed an instinct marvellously sensitive and acute in perceiving the approach or presence of peril and yet to a common beholder there was nothing very remarkable about that stranger he was a plain-looking quiet shabbily dressed person and one who seemed anxious to smoke his cigar in peace and neither speak nor be spoken to good reader it was the reserve of this man his staid and serious demeanour his tranquil countenance and his exclusive manner altogether that created the unpleasant impression we have described had he entered the room with a swagger banged the door behind him sworn at the waiter or nodded to one single individual present he would have produced no embarrassing sensation whatever but he was unknown what then could he do there where all were well known to each other however he continued to smoke with his eyes intently fixed upon the bluish reefs that ascended slowly and fantastically from the end of his cigar and for five minutes after his entrance not a word was spoken at length the coal whipper broke silence well my dear he said addressing himself to the unfortunate girl who had already narrated a portion of her adventures you haven't done your story yet oh i do not feel in the humour to go on with it to-night she exclaimed glancing uneasily toward the stranger indeed i recollect i have an appointment close by she hesitated then apparently mustering up her courage cried good-night all and left the room who the dunce is that feller tony demanded the cracksman in a whisper of his companion i can't say i like his appearance at all oh nonsense answered the resurrection man he is some quiet chap that doesn't like to smoke and talk at the same time but don't it seem as how he'd throw a damp on the whole party continued the cracksman in the same subdued tone do you take me for a child that's frightened at a shadow said the resurrection man savagely i suppose you're afraid that this young holford will play us false why what could he do to us anything he revealed would only implicate himself 
he knows nothing about our games up by the birdcage walk there i forgot that no more he doesn't cried the cracksman there are nobody can do us any harm that i know on one and one only answered the resurrection man sinking his already subdued tone to the lowest possible whisper one only i say it can injure us and he will not dare to do it who the devil do you mean demanded the cracksman i mean the only man that ever escaped out of the crib up by the walk after he'd received a blow from my stick answered the resurrection man you don't mean to say tony whispered the cracksman his countenance giving the most unequivocal signs of alarm that there's a breathing soul which ever went in the door of that crib and intended victim and come out alive again never do you mind now we shall make all the people stare at us if we go on whispering in this way supposing any one did mean to nose upon its haven't we got our bankers in our pocket ah tony said the cracksman in whose mind these words of his companion seemed to rouse a sudden and most disagreeable idea talking about nosing makes us remember some of what was told a few days ago at rat's castle in the rookery and what was that asked the resurrection man surveying his friend with his serpent-like eyes in a manner that made him actually quail beneath his glance what was it repeated the cracksman who appeared to hesitate whether he should proceed or not why i heard a magsman say that you nosed upon poor crankney jim and that was the reason he got lagged and you was acquitted three year ago at old bailey and what did you say to that demanded the resurrection man looking from beneath his bushy brows at the cracksman as the goal in eastern mythology may be supposed to gaze on the countenance of him who he marks for his victim what did i say answered the cracksman in a hoarse whisper why i knocked the fellow down to be sure and you did what you ought to do and what i should have done if any had told me of that of you said the resurrection man in a tone of the most perfect composure while this conversation took place hurriedly and in whispers the mysterious stranger continued to smoke his cigar without once glancing around him and the other inmates of the dark house parlour recovering a little from their panic of the entrance of that individual made a faint attempt to renew the discourse but although the eyes of the stranger were apparently occupied in watching the reefs of smoke as they curled upwards to the ceiling they were in reality intent upon the parlour window the lower part of which alone was darkened by the sliding shutter that lifted up and down there was a bright lamp over the front door of the public-house and thus the heads of all the passengers in the street might be described as they passed the window by the inmates of the parlour i say ben exclaimed one reveller to another have you heard that they're going to lay out a park by boner's road and hackney wick yes the victoria park was the reply only fancy giving them poor devils of spitalfields weavers a park to walk in instead of filling their bellies but i suppose they'll make a precious deep pond in it what for demanded the first speaker why for the poor creatures to drown theirselves in to be sure at this moment the countenance of a man in the street peered for a single instant over the shutter and was then immediately withdrawn but not before a significant glance had been exchanged with the stranger sitting in the neighbourhood of the door all this however remained entirely unnoticed by the male and female revellers in the parlour well it's gone nine whispered the cracksman to his companion and this fellow holford don't come it's my opinion he ain't a-going to we'll give him a half-hour's grace returned the resurrection man the young fool is hard up and won't let the hope of five colters slip through his brain quite so easily 
half an hour's grace as you say tony whispered the cracksman and then if he don't come we'll be off eh oh just as you like growled the resurrection man you seem quite chicken-hearted to-night tom i don't know how it is answered the cracksman but i've got a per sentiment as they calls it of evil the sight of that there feller there and he nodded towards the stranger humbug interrupted the resurrection man you haven't had grog enough that's it he accordingly ordered the waiter to supply fresh tumblers of hot liquor and the next half-hour slipped away rapidly enough but no henry holford made his appearance at a quarter to ten the two villains rose and having settled their score departed scarcely had the parlour door closed behind them when the short thick-set stranger also retreated precipitately from the room disappointed and in an ill-humour the resurrection man and the cracksman hurried away from the dark house towards the den situated in the immediate vicinity of the birdcage walk the streets were ankle-deep in mud a thin mizzling rain was falling and neither moon nor stars appeared upon the dark and murky field of heaven the two men walked one a little in advance of the other until they reached the top of brick lane where they separated for the purpose of proceeding by different routes toward the same point a precaution they invariably adopted after quitting any public house in each other's company but so well were the arrangements of the police concocted that while the resurrection man continued his way along tyson street and the cracksman turned to the right in church street until he reached samuel street up which he proceeded an active officer followed each while in the neighbourhood of virginia street and the birdcage walk numerous policemen were concealed in dark alleys lone courts and obscure nooks ready to hasten to any point whence the spring of rattles might presently emanate also concealed in a convenient hiding-place and anxiously awaiting the result of the various combinations affected to discover the den of murderers richard markham was prepared to aid in the operations of the night meantime the resurrection man pursued one route and the cracksman another both converging towards the same point but neither individual suspected that danger was on every side they advanced as confidently as the flies that work their way amidst the tangled web of the spider at length the resurrection man reached his house and almost at the same moment the other ruffian arrived at the door all right tom all right tony and the resurrection man opened the door he simply pressing his foot forcibly against it in a peculiar manner he entered the passage followed by the cracksman which later individual turned to close the door when it was burst wide open and a half-dozen policemen rushed into the house damnation cried the resurrection man we are sold and darting down the passage he rushed into the little back room the door of which he succeeded in closing and fastening against the officers but the cracksman had fallen into the hands of the police and was immediately secured rattles were sprung in this sudden unexpected din breaking upon the solemn silence of the place and hour startled the poor and the guilty in their wretched abodes break open the door there cried the sergeant who commanded the police and who was no other than the mysterious stranger of the dark house parlour break open that door and two of you run upstairs this moment as he spoke a strong light shone from the top of the staircase the officers cast their eyes in that direction and beheld a hideous old woman scowling down upon them in her hand she carried a candle the light of which was thrown forward in a vivid flood by the reflection of the large bright tin shade this horrible old woman was the mummy already were two of the officers half-way up the staircase 
already was the door of the back room on the ground floor yielding to the strength of the constable already were richard markham and several officers hurrying down the street towards the spot obedient to the signal conveyed by the springing of the rattles when a terrific explosion took place good god ejaculated markham what can that mean there there cried a policeman near him it's all over with the sergeant and my poor comrades immediately after the explosion and while markham and the officer were yet speaking a bright column of fire shot up into the air millions and millions of sparks glistening vividly showered down upon the scene of havoc for a moment a single moment the very heavens seemed on fire then all was black and silent and doubly sombre the din of the assailants had ceased to exist it had been destroyed by gunpowder the blackened remains and dismembered relics of mortality were discovered on the following morning amidst the ruins or in the immediate neighborhood but it was impossible to ascertain how many persons had perished on this dreadful occasion End of chapter sixty six recording by judy guinan